and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I am David Wilson, joined on the other line today by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. How's it going, Anthony? Doing good, David. How are you? Pretty good. Um, you're about to head to Toronto tomorrow, recording Sunday night um, after the Heat's win against Brooklyn. Um, Anthony had to scrap his flight because of some uh, weather issues uh up there in the northeast i just saw my alma mater syracuse canceled classes for tomorrow they that which never happens up there so you know it's bad um but yeah, i guess we'll not, start with, it's not pretty yeah so we'll start with the uh the, this nets game though because uh one of the more impressive wins of the year for uh miami i would say um i didn't get to see very much of it because i was uh helping out with their dolphins coverage today but but just kind of from afar seeing how um, how the game ended and just the fact that it was a road win against a, a likely playoff team. It, to me, it seemed like probably one of the more impressive wins of the year. Do, do you kind of agree with that assessment as someone who was uh, actually watching it closely? I did. Um, I think the number one reason is we haven't really seen this team play close games. I think yeah, the last clutch game they played was the third game of the season. So it's been a while. And, um, you know, this is the third third clutch game of the season, which is uh, defined by the NBA as a game within five points in the final five minutes of the game. And the Heat won it. And they were down um, by by seven. They were down by seven with less than two minutes to play and got one in a 10-0 run. Um, kind of took over mm-hmm. um, with with some, you know, good play from Jimmy Butler, who who, drew, who was able to do, you know, he, he did what he does. Like he 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 forced he forced the issue, drew contact, got free throws, um, and that's basically what how the Heat won the game. I think eight of the final ten points that they scored on that run were on free throws. So um, it was an impressive win. It was one they kind of needed after struggling against good teams recently and struggling on the road against good teams. Um, and, and and they came through and got it. Yeah, I mean, I think just simply the fact that. We talked about this a lot last week because uh, they were coming off that blowout loss in Philly. Just basically, they hadn't had an opportunity. You know, just the op- they didn't have a good record against you know 500 or better teams, but they also just like didn't really have good opportunities. A lot of those yeah. games back to backs. You know, one was in Denver, um, which is always you know one of the tougher road trips of the year. And this was you know Brooklyn's probably a step below you know some of those teams they have losses to like. Houston and even Philly. Um, but, you know, this was a game that they pretty much, given what this road trip is coming up, they play at Toronto on Tuesday, then at Boston on Wednesday for a back-to-back. This is one they had to probably not not just had to play well, but they had to win if they wanted to kind of be thought of as a, as a team that's in that top, you know, that could be potentially a top three, top four team in the East, which is, the conversation that, you know, their record and, and the way they've played a lot this year kind of indicates they should be. But, the, you know, they needed to get at least one win on this three-game trip. This is probably the best chance to do it. Um, you know, three games against likely playoff teams in the East. And, and just to get it right off the bat. And, you know, they kind of did it, like you were saying, in the way that, you know, when they've played well, it was still they were doing that same stuff. They were just doing it against a good team today. They were getting to the free throw line. They had balanced offense. Jimmy was, you know, he really kind of did the fourth quarter takeover thing that 
you know, he's done a, such a good job. We've talked about this year, of kind of just like easing into the game, getting, letting everyone else shine early. You know, it was Goron today. Um, but then, you know, it's kind of the, the perfect distillation, I think, of why this Miami team we think can be great. Uh, and they did it against a good team on the road, uh, really for the, for the first, I mean, you can really make a case for the first time all season. Yeah, I mean Milwaukee, I guess. Yeah, was Milwaukee. Was the time. But again, that was you know yeah. Jimmy wasn't playing, so it was kind of yeah. a different team. But, but yeah, this is, this was really the first chance Jimmy had to really right. No, it's not his fault. Play, that he yeah. Obviously, but, but but it's yeah, it's the first opportunity, and it's the first time we we we've really been able to see it. You know, we really haven't seen this from Jimmy other than that Phoenix game, I guess. Um, yeah, the Phoenix early on yeah. where he kind of yeah he put it. Yeah, he put his stamp on the game. It was early, but he put his stamp on the game with 30-point first half. This game, it happened in the final two minutes. Um, just getting to the free throw line, his, his defensive ability was on display. Um, but I, I think one encouraging thing for this team um, that might go unnoticed is they won, you know, won shooting 38.9%. So it wasn't a good shooting night. There's a team that came in as one of the most efficient offenses in the league, and they, you know, they did not shoot well. And that's been an issue. Eric Spolstra has said after a couple of recent losses that missed shots was impacting their defense. And that was an issue and it didn't impact their defense tonight. They didn't have a great defensive performance in the first half, but they rebounded in the second half. I think held the nets to under 40% shooting. And then late in the game, they were really, really good. Um, with an interesting lineup in there, I thought I wanted to ask you about that. If, if this surprised you, the lineup on the court for basically the entire 10 run, except for the final few seconds was bam. Jimmy, Justice, which probably your three best uh, isolation yeah. defenders, and then Goron, and then the fifth guy was Duncan, um, and you know it worked. Duncan was the spacer, and then you had those you know those three Bam, Jimmy, and Justice, you know basically able to switch on every position, and then Goron who was playing really well offensively. So that was lot they they went with, with which I think again we haven't had many opportunities to see. Okay, what's going to be the clutch time lineup? Um, and that was it tonight. Yeah, it's not totally surprising to me. You know, if you told me to kind of guess who the the fifth was after you named those first four guys, I would have maybe guessed like Kelly, who kind of fills yeah. the same sort of role. Um, you know, Duncan probably just a little, you know, if another team is going four out, he's your better defensive option. And, and the shooting is really pretty much a wash, I think, with those two. Um so I think, you know, that kind of makes sense, those four, then with one of those two guys kind of depending on uh, the opponent. I mean, I guess the other way you would maybe go is, is Tyler in one of the, like, Justice or Goron mm-hmm. spots. Like, there's, there's a couple options there, but, I mean, we just – Justice is going – he's still really the X factor, I think, um, just because, you know, we haven't seen a lot of him and – if he uh, shoots well, then he is a perfect fit with what the Heat want to do. Um, and we, I, I mean, I think his ceiling is clearly that he's top two or three on the roster, right? Like, it's still the, as good as Goran has been early this year, as good as Bam has been. I mean, Justice was, before they got Jimmy, Justice was supposed to be the best guy on this team, right? Like, that, he's still the X factor, Um so I think it makes sense that you get those three guys on the court and then kind of pair them with one floor spacer and then kind of one other offensive creator is, is Goron or maybe Tyler. Uh, who's or, even Ken- or even Kendrick, I guess. Depends Kendrick, on the Kendrick the yeah. other one. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess too is also the way the Nets were playing. Like the Nets were basically looking for switches on offense for right. Dinwiddie. So the more guys you have on there that you feel comfortable switch, you know, switching on to to Dinwiddie, the better. So it kind of made sense. I mean, there were a couple of times where where didn't where the Nets were looking for the switch on Bam, and it was like, really, like you want you want yeah, Bam to like that? Now you're hunting, probably. Yeah. So I mean, there were a few times where it was just it went it worked it kind of worked right into what the Heat wanted, where it was like Duncan to Bam or or even Justice guarding Dinwiddie, and then he would and then it would switch on to Bam. So it was just like it didn't matter who was guarding him; he you know, they had a good defender on him. So. Um, I think that was kind of part of Eric Spolster's strategy of playing those three together in the lineup. But and then that, again, like you said, a situation it, I mean, like that, it probably justifies Duncan over Kelly. Now, not that Duncan's a lockdown defender, but he's he more switch more, yeah, more right. than Kelly is. Exactly. So it might depend on the situation, but I think you're. Right. I think most of the time it's going to be Bam, Jimmy, Justice, and then probably Goron. But uh, I think those three probably are. are Three of the uh, three of the guys you're going to see most of the time in that situation. Yeah, those are your three most talented players right now, probably. And then the other two are a little more flexible. You obviously have a lot of shooting options, like we just we just listed a couple of them. And then you know Kendrick's an option. I guess theoretically you could go with Myers in one of the spots, who's another good shooter, but uh, just a guy who's not played a ton of fourth quarter. So there's there's a lot of options on this roster, and that is uh, I think one of the things that. Uh, we liked coming into the year, and I think maybe you know just because we didn't expect Kendrick to be this good, or, or didn't even expect Tyler to be this good, uh, it's been even more a strength than we expected, and and it's going to give them crunch time flexibility. Like you said, they they haven't had to use a lot of lineup, so we're we're basing a lot off just one crunch time lineup they've used pretty much all year. Uh, but but when they play different teams in, in close games, uh late that we're going to see some different ones i'm sure it's not just like the lineup yeah today and you and you alluded to it i mean think about it like this is the first clutch game jimmy butler has played in yeah (laughs) the other two were he was out on paternity so this is the first time and they're what almost 20 they're 19 games into the season so uh i guess jimmy's off to a good start as far as being that closer for the heat i mean he's only had to do it once but he he he, he looked good in that role. All right, that kind of transitions us nicely, what we were just talking about, too, to one of our other topics we want to get to, is just the fact that everyone's healthy. Um, Justice is the guy we've talked about um, mostly, but um, Derek Jones is back. Deion Waiters is back from his suspension. Uh, what did you just think, not just of the crunch time rotation today, but just over the last couple of games and – what have you kind of thought of the rotations and where they could go in the next week or two weeks? Is you know, Dion uh, did not dress tonight or was inactive tonight, um, so we still haven't seen him back on the court. But just where, where do you kind of see this going over the next few games? I, I think it, it's pretty set right now, especially with the way things yeah. are going. Like, uh, I mean, There's I no guess I could see. Yeah, I mean, Derek Jones maybe for Chris Silva, you know. Uh, I, he's, today, Chris Silva played seven minutes. Derek Jones played ten seconds. It was like the the end of the, the final ten seconds of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his first game back in about three weeks or so. Um, but I, I could see maybe Derek Jones getting more minutes, you know, over the next couple games, maybe over Chris. Um, but other than that, it's hard to really s- kind of. 
I guess pinpoint a change because I, other I mean maybe Duncan maybe maybe moving Justice back into the starting lineup in Duncan's place. Um, other than that, I, yeah, I I just don't see like Dion for instance. He he's not going to just come in and get an, uh, an every game rotation spot. Um, he's going to really have to work his way back. It's probably going to take injuries to other players. Um, or maybe some type of circumstance in you know in game circumstance where there's a blowout or the Heat just need offense because they're shooting so poorly for Dion to get in the game. So I, I think these are the guys. Like, I think this is it. I think Eric Spolstra has found a a, re- a rotation he 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 likes and he can count on. Um, and until thing until like the Heat go on a five or six game losing streak, I really don't anticipate any big changes. Yeah, the Derek Jones thing you mentioned is interesting because uh, Chris Silva has, has been joked about. He is uh, currently on pace to be the only uh, Sioux Falls Sky Force player to <laughs> never spend a day in uh, Sioux Falls. Um, but maybe you know, I, if I don't, I don't know what the numbers are at right now in terms of what he has. Forty-five days he can be with the team. Um, you know, if they need to give him a night off, Derek does give you some similar stuff. Uh, just in terms of the energy, even if he's not the same sort of relentless rebounder or rim protector that uh, Chris Silva is, he, he has that same sort of energy and he gives you a boost in some other areas. I, I think most notably, you know, he was a pretty good shooter last year. Um, yeah, I mean, those two guys, those, those are the two guys. That, player. Yeah, I would say those are the two guys that would be interchangeable. Like you could like just you could kind of switch in the rotation if you know depending on a matchup like but as long as Silva's here they're gonna play him right because you don't want to waste a day of you know if you if you're t- making the investment to have him in Miami uh, and dress and have that count toward one of your forty five days he's gonna play right it's like if they need him I think so but at the same time I feel like the Heat at this point are just don't care only because <laughs> they're just gonna keep him out of practices yeah and they can make it work. days and then they in mid January they can convert they have enough money under the hard cap to convert them to a standard deal because it's prorated right. um so in mid-january they'll be able to they'll be able to convert them so i think at this point they're just like whatever you know we're, we'll play yeah. when we need to play you know, i think they wasted a day in houston actually he was active in the houston game um play. last yeah. week and he didn't play so i think it's gotten to the point where they they kind of have it planned out they know what's going yeah, I'm on i'm sure they, they have they, a schedule of like all right these are the days you can practice these are yeah. gonna be- because exactly, he whatever exactly. five games or something by then, or by mid January, forty games, something like that. So yeah, they, I guess they've got it figured out. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What about Dion? Uh, came back, like you said, he. It, it's hard to envision him playing right away, but um, he. I mean, it's it is the cl- cloud that's going to linger right over the next. You know, it's just going to because. Anytime something happens, it's going to be a question of what about Dion? You know, what, what's up with Dion? Right. Right. Before every game, is Dion active? Is he yeah. is he going to be on the bench? So I mean, it's it's been an encouraging two days, I would say, for Dion Waiters, only because you know he he apparently apologized to the team in a in you know in a kind of a team only meeting for mm-hmm. what happened. He he, he issued a, he issued an apology through the team. 
uh, on Saturday as well. Um, and then he was on the bench for Sunday's game, yeah. which is something he had not First time done. Yeah. First time in the regular season that he's actually been on the team's bench. Um, so those are all encouraging things. But I, I just – it doesn't change my thinking that I just – it's hard to imagine him playing again unless there is, you know, some injuries and the heat are thin and, they, you know, they need him to play, um, which is could happen. I mean, the NBA season's long. I'm sure it, hap- it will happen at some point. I would say Dion will play at some point this season just because yeah. – there's going to be a two or three, you know, there's going to be a game or two where maybe two or three guys are hurt and they need some scoring off the bench. And, you know, he plays, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But other than that, I just I just can't. It's hard to really imagine him just just playing over Kendrick, Tyler Hero, um, and, and those kind of guys. Yeah, it's weird because at, at the first couple of weeks of the season when we were talking about what happens when Dion gets back, I think our thing was like he just doesn't fit stylistically with what this team is doing so well right now. You know, he was a good three-point shooter last year, which is a huge part of this team's identity this season. But um, you know, he's a liability on defense, and he is not always a willing passer. Although I always argue he is a good passer when he wants to be. Um, he just is not a, as willing a passer as some of these other guys. He's not a guy who's going to make the extra pass. Um, now it's just a question. He's not, straight up just not as good as these other guys. Like, He's not as good as Tyler Hero right now, the way that Tyler is shooting and scoring efficiently. He is well, not a good well, player as Kendrick Nunn has been so far this year. I think the the path to him maybe getting the rotation is if the Kendrick Nunn like turns into a pumpkin at some point. Like, you know, he hits a rookie wall, the league starts to adjust to him and he hits a slump. But the rest of these guys that we're talking about is the guys who play similar positions to him, similar roles to him. I mean Tyler is every bit as good as Dion Waiters is right now, as far as you know what we have last seen of Dion, at least. Yeah, it's crazy to say. I, I just, I, you're right. Um, there is a skill. There is a certain like yeah. thing about Dion's skill set that makes him a little different than those guys, only because like he probably can create more consistently off the dribble, but efficiency wise, and just like you said, the way this team wants to play, it just it it just doesn't fit right now like it's they don't need what Dion can provide at this point like they already have enough of that and jimmy who's going to handle the ball a lot they have goron who's going to run the offense a lot when he's going well and and, you know he's going to run the bench unit um they even have bam who has the ball in his hands like they don't need Dion, you know dribbling the ball for 12 seconds of the shot clock and and putting up a mid-range jumper like that's that's not the way this team is playing right now they're moving the ball they're shooting efficiently um it, it just doesn't seem like there's a place for him Right now. I mean, things change. It's a long season, like I said, but um, uh, it just doesn't seem like a good fit. Yeah, the emergence of Kendrick, I think, is probably the thing that makes him most uh, expendable, for lack of a better word. Because, like, you know, we knew Jimmy, Justice, and Goran, assuming Goran was healthy, we're going to, they're just better than him. You know, they're going to get more playing time than him. Um, but the fact that Kendrick is, you know, so far at least has been as good as Dion was last year, if not better, frankly. Um, that is what makes it tougher because he does do some of that stuff that, that Dion brings, the, the breaking guys down off the dribble. Um, obviously, he's a reliable shooter, also uh, has the ball in his hands a lot. Um, and that's just a spot where, you know, he has given them what they hoped that Dion was going to give them this year. He's like kind of the ideal of if you would basically in the preseason been like, what do you want out of Dion waiters? Like in your ideal world, like ideal realistic world, you would have pretty much said 
that he brings what Kendrick Nunn is bringing right now. Um, and again, he is Kendrick is an undrafted 24 year old rookie. And it seems like inexplicable that he's doing what he's doing. So maybe the league catches up to him at some point, figures some things out. He hits a slump in the middle of the season. He's not making shots the same way. And you end up wanting a guy like Dion available to, to play a lot of minutes. Yeah. And one big thing with Kendrick, I think one big difference is yes. I mean, Kendrick is shooting 46% from the field, 38% on three. So he's, Putting on more efficient numbers than I think we would expect Dion to at this point. Um, but a game like tonight, for instance, uh, Kendrick, 11 points and 5 of 15 shooting, 1 of 7 yep. from 3. Not a great night. Um, but with a guy like Kendrick, an undrafted rookie, you don't have to play him late game minutes. He's not going to complain. He's not going to play. Right. And they, <laughs> right, right. He, I think he played 11 seconds in the fourth quarter. So yeah. that, that's that's another luxury you have with a guy like Kendrick where, yes, he might have those inefficient nights, but you kind of feel comfortable saying, okay, Kendrick, like this is not your night. You're going to sit on the bench. You know, not saying Dion in this instance would have complained, who knows, but you know, he's has a history of that. So, um, you know, that's another, I think benefit of playing Kendrick is that you have that, um, you, it's that comfort level of saying, if it's not going right for you today, you know, we're just not going to play you and not worrying if it's going to create any issues. Yeah, whereas I guess Dion, it's like once he's in, it's it's opens up a can of worms to an extent. When he when he's not dressed, it just it kind of eliminates the whole uh, question mark there on a game to game basis. Correct. I mean, again, I don't know if Dion might not have complained. He's only done it a handful of times. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I know. it's happened in the past. So yeah. um, there's always that. Looming and there was clearly concern. some of How it is Dion going to mention? Yeah, like how is Dion going to feel about this? Like, there's always that question. So yeah. with Kendrick, it doesn't seem like there there's that. Mm-hmm. All right, um, you want to wrap up with? Uh, I think you got at least uh, one question in your very impromptu uh, call for <laughs> uh, Twitter questions. I have actually have a couple now. People have. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, there is to the questions of tonight. A couple of them. Yeah, so I guess the first one is from. At 1994 QC, uh, who asks what's going on with Justice Winslow's shot? Which um, I don't. You want to start? You want to start, David? Um, before I get into, it? I think he probably shot a little bit above his ability last year, just based on sample size stuff. And and I think he shot really well in corner threes, which are easier to make than uh, above the break threes. So I think that probably put those numbers up a little bit. Where uh, he Maybe over time, and he shoots more of those this year. He'll uh, his percentage will climb up just by uh, dint of him shooting higher percentage shots. Uh, but in general, I mean, I don't expect him. I don't remember exactly what he shot last year. I don't have the number up in front of me, but I don't expect him to shoot like that again this year. Um, but mostly, I think it's you know small sample size stuff, and and he'll end up probably better than he is right now. But it's not like he's a sharpshooter. He's gonna go through dry spells and hot spells, just like he did last year. Remember how slow he started last year? And then yeah, he's kind of this a time, shooter. pretty much, he like became unstoppable. Yeah, I think this year he's 38% from the field, 19% on threes, fourth. Yeah, that's really so bad. Obviously, it was that you, bad. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have to – I mean, he shot 37.5% from three last year, which, uh-huh. again, was good. I mean, that's that's a good number. If you can get anywhere close to 37%. On, on like, with, real with, attempts, too. Yeah, on real attempts. I mean, he – you know, they, they weren't – he shot 256 threes last year. So, um, you know, he, there was a solid sample size there. So I think it'll, I think it'll get better. 
Um, but right now he's in a little bit of a slump. But again, the bottom line is this team just seems better when Justice is on the court because of everything else he does, the playmaking, the defense. Um, he's a plus 60 so far this season, which is one of the best plus minuses on the team. Um, so I, I think that's what you gotta you got to focus on with Justice. He's, he's never, like you say, he's not a sharpshooter. That's not his strength. His strength is everything else. Um, and he's... You know, he was he was obviously he missed a, uh, a good amount of time with the concussion. But since he came back, since he's come back, he's played solid. Um, and tonight, you know, defensively, he was really good. Yeah, I think I think get him some more corner threes, which should be available. Just, you know, with if Jimmy's handling the ball and all that stuff and, and that percentage will naturally start to climb up a little bit. Because, again, he was really good shooting from the corners last year, uh, which buoyed his percentage a lot. Um, I don't know. Do you, I haven't honestly. I just haven't watched him enough this year, and because I haven't been able to see, you know, I didn't watch tonight, and I think I missed a lot of that Houston game, if I remember correctly. Also, um, just because I was probably covering something else. Um, but are you seeing anything different mechanically, anything like that, just from afar? Do, do you notice him looking different, looking like he's got a hitch or anything that maybe he didn't have before? Not really. If anything, I feel like he has less of a hitch than he had before. Yeah. It looks like a smoother shot. It's just not going in for him. And uh, he puts such a high arc on the ball when he shoots that mm-hmm. a lot of times it falls short just because he's shooting it so high. Yeah. But um, it, it, I, I again, I just think uh, he's a streaky shooter. Um, there's going to be a stretch coming up, like a five game stretch, where he probably shoots like forty eight percent from three, and people are going all, all of a sudden <laughs> going to be saying he Twitter's going to be saying he should be in the three point contest. So. Yeah. It's gonna come around over a lar- over a bigger sample size. I think he'll probably end up like mid thirty, you know, thirty four percent or so. Might not get back up to where he was last year. Yeah, um, I think if he's, he's, he's up like around thirty four, thirty five. Like that's yeah. what the expectation should pretty much be. Exactly, and he he should get over forty percent as far as overall field goal percentage. I mean, he should not be under forty percent. That's not good. So yeah, he was missing um, the early. It, yeah. Again, it was kind of felt like the start of his year last year, which was really rough. Um, and like I said, pretty much like it was December, right? That he heated up and they went on a run and he was very good for the rest of the year. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe it just takes him a little while to settle in and we'll the concussion. I'm sure doesn't help. No, for sure. That's for sure. Um, uh, one more question from at DWUIL 83. Uh, he asked, why doesn't Bam shoot threes if opposing centers are going to sag off of him? Which I think is a very good question. Um, yep. Brooklyn. It was a, basically Brooklyn was the second team to really play this defense against Bam. They kind of sagged off of him every time he had the ball, saying like four or five feet away from him. Um, Philly did it, um, and that blow blow went over the heat a few weeks ago. Um, and Bam is he's struggled against that defense. I think he's had he has one assist um, and like seven turnovers in those two games combined for a guy who's second among centers in assists. So it's interesting, and I'm sure more teams are going to try it. Um, it kind of forces Bam to either shoot the ball or be more aggressive, which he hasn't really l- done this year. Um, and, it, and it clogs the paint for the Heat's cutters as well. So it kind of takes away the assist from Bam. So, um, it, you know, he won tonight. But again, it wasn't the best offensive night. They shot under 40%. Um, so, so far, that defense has been effective against the Heat. And I, Bam is going to have to find a, you know some type of way to combat it. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be one of two things. I guess the obvious one is, He's got to shoot that. He's got to at least be willing to shoot it and shoot it, you know, decent enough to at least make them have to step out on him. Or he's just got to be willing to put the ball on the floor, which he is in transition. Obviously, it's a totally different ball game when you're doing it uh, inside the three-point line. But 
um, you know, like you're saying, be more aggressive, put pressure on the defender to make a choice, basically. I, I think that's really the key is you, the defender. You don't want to be the one overthinking. You want the defender to be the one who has to make the choice of, you know, if you put the ball in the deck, do they come up and pressure the ball or do they keep playing off you and let you, um, you know, potentially pick out a cutter um, or shoot a mid-range jumper? He's just got to have like one more tool in his offensive tool set right now, uh, I think, too. You know, it's, it's probably the reason he's not an all-star this year. You know, he, he's just kind of like still one weapon short. And, you know, by the end of the year, maybe he'll have that. Maybe he'll be able to take a step in and hit a, a long two, even if he's not hitting threes. Or, or maybe he'll feel comfortable enough to dribble twice and make the defender uh, apply pressure, and then he can find a cutter in that gap that opens up. Um, I know Jimmy Butler has like a couple of times and it's, it's hard to know with Jimmy if he's like totally serious. Cause he's always kind of like smirking whenever he says anything and saying everything a little tongue in cheek, but he says like he wants Bam to shoot more. So I'm sure he shoots pretty well in practice. And I know, you know, all NBA players shoot pretty well in practice, but I think they have faith in him to shoot a little bit, at least from long range. And he's taken a couple shots this year um, so it's not like totally foreign to him, but um, yeah, I think he's just got a, again, he's like a one tool short, but I think he is good enough. We know he is good enough right now that he should be finding a way to uh, do something against that defense. He just, he just kind of needs, I think maybe that little extra bit of confidence, you know, he's never been the focal point of an offense like this. Um, and I think it's telling that, just because he is like, they're not totally just, they're not reacting to what the teams are doing in terms of like making him just a handoff guy or whatever, you know, they're still like letting Bam play like Bam. Um, even when a defense plays him uh, differently and, and has a little bit of an answer for him. I, I think they want him to play through it and, and figure out a, a way to be successful against that kind of defense. Cause I think they know he has the capability to, to be, Maybe not, again, like he's not going to put up huge numbers against that like he is against some of these like bad teams they play. But he's going to at least be a very good – he can still be a good offensive player against that kind of defense, I think. Yeah, and I, I think, like you said, like the heater – the approach right now is Bam has to adjust. Like they're not changing their game. Um, yeah. So – and look, he's six, I think, of six of 23 from outside the paint. So it's not that he's he has not been good at the paint, which I think has kind of been somewhat surprising. It's not the strength of his game, but mm-hmm. I thought he'd be a little bit better. Um, but it doesn't need to be a shot, you know, a mid-range shot. It could be like you said, as simple as two or three dribbles, you know, get into the paint and take a hook shot, or get into the paint, get an extra force an extra defender to come over and and make the pass to the open guy. Like there's other ways to do it, you know, other than the mid-range shot or 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 just standing there like he's been doing and just passing the ball away like there's other ways so i think he'll find a way to to kind of combat it but right now it's that's kind of his challenge yeah it's like i said it's what keeps him probably from being an all-star this year right like it's it's he's great but he still has a little hole in his game and that's gonna be the you know really good players add things every off season and you know improve on things through the season he has a very obvious way to improve, and that is either a little bit more confidence in his handle 
which I think is already, you know, kind of in the top tier of uh, handles among big men. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in, like, the skills competition this year. Now they break it up into, like, bigs and littles. Um, or he needs to be a little bit more reliable in his jumper and a little more confident in his jumper. Because, again, like, like you said, we're surprised that he's been that inefficient shooting outside the paint. Everything we had heard was that he had become a pretty good mid-range shooter, had the capability to hit threes. The way his teammates talk about him um, makes it sound like, you know, they think he can be better than this. I, I do wonder if a little bit of it is just he's – Started off slow. Maybe he's not as confident as in that shot as he was uh, a month ago. And maybe this fix is as simple as he needs to start hitting some of these shots um, just to give himself some confidence. So, um, it, again, he's, he's still probably a step away from being a, a real star, but he's got the fixes, I think, available. And like I said, it's telling that they're not changing their offense because of it. They're going to try to let him play through this because they think he can he can play through this. Yeah, and it's surprising only two two teams have really tried it. Um, yeah, that's like I said, I yeah, I, I think more teams will moving forward for sure. Even maybe uh, Toronto on Tuesday, like they have the personnel probably to play it up that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen it be the the two probably two of the best teams they played. So you got to have the personnel to defend him too, like that. All right, I think we can wrap up there. Um, anything else before we get going? Um. I'm working on a Chris Silva story that should be out later this week. I think you guys will find it interesting. Um, his story is well documented, but kind of a, a different angle I'm taking and kind of to building off his story, which is incredible. So just look out for that. Other than that, you know, it's, this is an important week again for the Heat, Toronto um, and Boston back to back. So again, we're going to learn a little bit more about this Heat team, you know, as they face two quality two quality opponents on the road. Yeah, be sure to check Miami Herald every day. Like I said, Anthony is heading up to uh, Toronto tomorrow. He'll be on the road for the last two games of this road trip. You can follow him on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang, uh, C-H-I-A-N-G. Um, I'm on Twitter at D.B. Wilson, too. Um, other than that, uh, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. <laughs>